Diet pop Christian i vetlem or har hon i wellet for dear young young you. Odhavn der hade vud vedrefna da du dot dragud algava mar i view. Dive brand in our hall of it i hoit fine hot fit. Somit I'm banned and bored. Have Leon a hearty, have I loved him well? Not all he's well, honey, another episode of the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast. I am your host, Midnight Star. You just heard Heather Dale with the song All Poor Men and Humble. Today's show is all about the organization La Panache. 
You can stay up to date on the latest from the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast by signing up for my newsletter. You'll be informed as soon as new shows are released. You can access past episodes by paying $7 per month or $70 per year. Or you can subscribe for free at musicgoddessvault.substack.com. That's musicgoddessvault.substack.com. You can also support this podcast monetarily by donating at ko-fi.com forward slash goddess vault or patreon.com forward slash goddess vault. All the money raised will go towards paying the bills. You have the option to donate once or make monthly donations on both websites. Here are the links again, ko-fi.com forward slash goddess vault or patreon.com forward slash goddess vault. Please check out the blog goddessvault1.wixsite.com forward slash home if you haven't already. You can listen to the show from there. And finally, if you have a suggestion for a song, show topic, spirit guide, or dream symbol, you can contact me through the blog, the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page, TikTok at Midnight Star with two R's and the number two, and Instagram and Twitter at Goddess Vault. Now for the topic, the organization La Panache Homelessness Elimination Society. I mentioned to you at the end of the last podcast that this show will not be a pagan one. I did this once before when the pandemic first started because a lot of misinformation that was going around at the time. And there will not be any spirit guide, dream symbol, or myth this week. Those will be continued in the next episode. There will be music though, as you already heard. This episode is about something that some of us pagans are going through even right now. And I know that there are pagan activists who are helping out in organizations such as La Panache Homelessness Elimination Society. Before I go on, I know that some of you are listening to this podcast in the United States, United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Australia. This is more of a Canadian view on poverty. But I know that this is a big issue all over the world. And the pandemic had made this worse thanks to all the layoffs that happened. I know this from personal experience because after being let go two years ago, I am still looking for work. By the way, this podcast I'm doing for free. That's why I need you to donate some money to this show. But enough about me. Let's talk about the founder of La Panache, Mirza Nabel Bej. This organization was born out of Bej's own experience of being homeless in Canada. He is originally from Pakistan and has immigrated to Canada to study at a university and to pursue a career as an engineer in the oil industry. Things did not work out as he planned, as he will explain in the interview. Mirza has some eye-opening experiences of being homeless, which he will share with us. But because of the help of two souls, he picked himself up, got back on his feet, and became a consultant for Lapanash Consulting, and is now giving back to help the homeless in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. There's a warning I should mention here. Beige will mention God a few times in this interview. I mentioned this because some of us pagans have a problem with mainstream religion. Please bear with me and please be tolerant. But if you're having trouble listening to the interview, there's a transcript of it at the bottom of the blog, goddesswhat1.wixsite.com forward slash home. If you want to know more about the Lapanash Homelessness Elimination Society, you can go to their website at la-panache.ca. That's L-A-P-A-N-A-C-H-E dot C-A. Before I go into the interview, I'm going to play for you a song, Traveler Part 2, Thoughts of a Homeless Alien by Julia Eckler. I've tried to be so careful 
I've not spoken from that day That the earth's sweet wind seduced me And swayed me from my way I've walked only in the sun's bright rays And banished all thought of my traveler's ways I can't go home, can no longer fly Mid the stars that are dimmed by an earthling sky The stars at night, like angels Try to call me from my sleep and I long to draw the curtains back And listen while they speak Can you tell me if my world is well And sing me of that which you cannot tell And weep for the traveler who fell from space To be trapped for all time on this lonely place But the stars, they sing too strongly Of the home I'll no more know Though I chose to make my visit here I want so to choose to go So I can't see the night or the flames of space Or I wander the light with my tears on my face I'm sorry I roamed from my star of birth To be lost mute and cold neath the skies of earth I wish on the stars I will never see Praying no more will be lost like me did you as an engineer end up homeless? So it's a long story. I will try to explain that in less words. I came to Canada in 2010 as an immigrant and started working some survival jobs, which every immigrant has to go through. I also found a lady, liked her and I married her, but she was back in Pakistan. Conservatives, government governments were there and they were not very pro-immigrant at that time they increased the spousal immigration time. So initially when I married, the spousal immigration time to bring your spouse to Canada was only 18 months. But they slowly increased the time to four years. So me and my ex-wife did not get a time to bond like a couple. It was a long distance as well. Though I visited Pakistan twice a year, but again, the bonding was not there. That was not the only factor. In 2013-14, I enrolled myself in an MBA and Master in Petroleum Engineering program from University of Alberta. While I was graduating, the oil price crash happened in the world. The oil became cheaper than water. It literally destroyed or devastated the Alberta economy. Any prospects which I had to find work or frustrated career were diminished. This was the time when my ex-spouse also arrived in Canada. After coming to Canada, she realized that I may be not able to provide her the lifestyle which she needed. So she decided to part ways. 
that left me heartbroken there was a divorce and that was big betrayal as well because i was of the view that if you didn't like me or if you didn't want to continue the relationship then you should have ended it while you were in pakistan why you did that after coming to canada pressure after pressure i was here by myself but i did not had any mental i uh, did not had any family support my mental health deteriorated and very soon it happened that from a very cozy downtown apartment in edmonton i came on the streets it was a mixture of all these things which brought me to the streets what was your experience with the homelessness shelter yes homelessness shelter play a role definitely they don't let you die they provide you food i in no way am against them but my point is that those shelters do not rehabilitate people who are homeless they just provide you a bed at night and provide you food but their institutions the way they are run in my experience they will never be able to reduce solve or eliminate homelessness there is a lot of trauma there I, literally i was handled i would say to put it mildly not nicely in certain shelters there was a shelter in brampton in a minus 40 weather they kicked me out without giving me a taxi voucher or any other place to go there was no other shelter nearby it was god who saved me or it was another homeless person who saved me that night otherwise i would have frozen to death to me that was something which a homeless shelter should never do because they work in this environment they know the people who come there are troubled and they need support and help they should never kick anyone out so there was a case in ottawa when i was asked to leave a shelter the reason was that the person who asked me come to them to show my id i was like i come here every day and my id is in the system but they were exerting their dominance and being authoritarian they just kicked me out of cause of this thing because i responded back that my id is already in the system and i am standing in a line to get food if i leave my place i have to wait things like these i don't think were individual incidents people need more training also when i look at homelessness problem i look at from a perspective that it is not something that we need to live with i am a consultant i look at problems and i find their solutions we want to solve this problem we want to ensure that there is no homeless person in our society the society is as strong as its weakest link we have seen lately that homelessness problem is growing it's an epidemic people are dying drugs are coming putting everything in perspective and looking at everything from this i think shelters have lost their place to solve homelessness they are not very valuable or they are not playing their efficient role as an institution yes they are keeping homeless people alive which is helping some other people in our society homeless people are given certain amount of money every month which majority of the money was taken by the people who sell drugs to them in a way it's a cycle of funds we taxpayer pay the tax government allocate monies for the homeless people homeless people get that money some forces in our society sell them drugs and take our money from them keeping homeless people alive yes shelter is doing a good job for that they are keeping them alive but when you ask a question can shelters solve the homeless problem no they are not doing that it's just a certain elements in society are getting benefits from the shelters as a society as a whole society as a citizen of canada we are losing in the grand scheme of things
That was Hegelus Ruin Dance with The Home That I Will Never See. I neglected to mention the poor audio quality. I still haven't been able to resolve that issue on Zoom. Here's the second part of the interview with Mirza Nabel Bej. What is the reality of homelessness that the average person does not know about, especially in the media? That is a very good question. So I'll quickly explain the reality of the homelessness industry. Let's talk about Vancouver because I live here. There are 5,000 homeless people. Maybe the number is high now. But let's go with there are 5,000 homeless people in greater Vancouver area. We saw a video launched by a World Economic Forum that they 3D printed houses in Eastern Europe for every homeless person there. The cost of 3D printing a house was only $4,000. The technology has came to a point where we can cheaply build a house. Yes, that house is not a mansion. That house is just a house with a bed and a table and a chair or maybe a communal washroom. But in $4,000, we can give them an address. We can give them a place to start their life again. Now, if we have to implement a solution, we want to finish homelessness. We need to give those $4,000 house to each individual who is homeless. $5,000 multiplied by $4,000, the answer is $20 million only. Then you need a land to put those houses. Let's say in a radius of 15, 20 kilometers from Vancouver, we find a land and we put those houses there. The cost of land is 10, 15, 20 million dollars. Let's go with the higher number. Let's say it's 20 million dollars. So 20 million dollars for baking houses and 20 million dollars for the land. In 40 million dollars, we can solve the problem of homelessness for once and all. We can make a town where all the homeless people will go and live, have their address and our streets are clean. No drugs, no prostitution, no crime. We don't need to pay police that much now on our streets because of the criminal activities which happen. We don't need ambulance services on the street that much because now homeless people live in a town where they administer themselves. The solution is this simple. All that under $50 million, we can solve this problem. Now let's look at the reality of what is happening. There are hundreds of programs which federal, municipal, or provincial governments are running to cater the problem of homelessness. I will mention only one program. That is National Housing Strategy. In National Housing Strategy, the federal government have allocated $70 billion. $70 billion. The reality is that program is running since 2017. The homelessness have increased 20% all across Canada. They have put a huge plethora of resources on a problem. The problem has increased instead of decreasing. And the cherry on top is that another 20% Canadians are a couple of paychecks away from becoming homeless. I ask this question, what is happening? Why in my engineering or in my MBA or in my working with the big four consulting firms, we have learned that when you throw money at a problem, the problem gets solved. But what is happening here? We are throwing so much money on this problem and this problem is not getting solved. In fact, it is increasing. What is happening with our money? Who is taking this money? Who? What is being done with this money? These are the questions which we need to ask between ourselves, between our media, but they are not. There is a research posted on Business in Vancouver article. I approached that writer to, I'm hopeful that he will respond to me. He conducted a research amongst British Columbians. The basic point of that research was that if British Columbians believe that their government can solve homelessness, an overwhelming majority of British Columbians came out and said that they do not trust their government to solve this problem. 
My point is that we need to think differently. People are dying. If Kermit is not thinking, we need to leave behind the traditional methodologies and traditional programs which we are employing to solve this problem. We need to give a younger generation like millennials or Gen Z, Gen Ys to come up with ideas and solutions to this problem. I'm very sorry. I don't want to criticize people, but on the other hand, people are dying. I think it's acting like a corrupt machine in which very few are getting benefits in the form of funding and loans and grants, while the homeless people's lives doesn't get better. They do not become contributing part of the society again. We, on the other hand, citizens who are paying on a plethora amount of taxes, we are just losing our money. What is the one thing that helped you most come out of your homelessness situation? Again, a very good question. It was not the shelters. I was not given any mental health resources. It was not the job placement resources which they provided. Nothing of those sort helped me out of the homeless problem. It was just one act of kindness by a homeless person and a prostitute or a street working lady. I was in Mississauga, Ontario that night and it was a snowstorm. I didn't have money. I didn't have internet, but I used to sit in a McDonald's and I Googled that the weather will be bad. It was minus 40 weather. I was like, I need a place to stay in. I cannot stay on the street tonight. I Googled the nearest shelter was in Brampton. I decided that, okay, it was seven to eight kilometers away from me. I was like, okay, I'll go to that shelter and sleep the night there. Buses didn't stop as I had no fare with me. I had no money. Bus driver said he will not take me there. So I decided to walk. The wind was so strong and it was blowing against the direction I was walking. My cap will always fly away. The majority of that travel I did backwards. I walked backwards on the whole interior street to reach to the Brampton shelter. But by the time I reached that shelter, the lady there told me that they have ran out of beds. There is a bed allocation and I'm late and sorry, they do not have any bed for me. I requested them that please allow me to sleep on the floor because it's very cold outside and there is no shelter nearby. I still remember that lady. She was like, no, it's not her policy. We cannot allow you to sleep on the floor. You have to go and you have to find another place to stay. I also requested that at least give me a taxi voucher or somehow arrange for me that I can reach to another shelter. It's very cold outside. I'm by foot. I have no money. For some reasons, which I don't remember, she's rejected that request too. So anyways, I was I was sad. I was dejected. I was heartbroken. This is the importance of a human life in this society. But anyways, I walked to the nearby strip mall and I lied down on a curb where there was not enough wind was coming. But I realized very soon that when you're walking, your body stays warm. But when you sit down, your body starts feeling the cold. Very soon, I realized that, oh, I will not survive this night because it's extremely cold. Mind you, I was malnourished also. I didn't have a lot of food for days. At that point, my trust in God wavered. I said to God that I was a good person in each and every role. I was a good human being. Why did you give me an end like this? Because in my head, it was my end. I was frozen to death in my head. And mind you, there were many people who walked by the strip mall, but no one called 911. No one gave me any attention. This further made me sad at that time. And I just thought like, okay, I'm done. I'm giving up. I just closed my eyes and I just lied down there. Five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. Later, I heard a voice that an old homeless guy was and a street working girl was walking by. They came to me. They attended me. They gave me a blanket. They took care of me. It was their act of kindness that lit a fire in me. 
I don't remember their face now, but I remember the thoughts moving in my head that time. I promised to God, first of all, I apologize to God that I'm wrong. I should not have unwavered my trust on you. He sent help very soon. Then secondly, I promised God that in my life, I will do something nice for them. And I will help these people because they have more humanity than normal people who showed their kind of humanity. These people have more humanity. They understand pain. Now I'm in the position where I can do something really good for these people. To answer your question, it was that act of kindness by those two individuals, which gave me the spirit, the energy and the willingness to take control of my life back. Oh, 
was Bards of the Notes singing Hopeful People. I forgot to mention that this is going to be a longer podcast than expected. I've already said I'd be talking about all things pagan in the next show, so don't fret. Again, if you don't understand this conversation, there is a transcript of it on the blog goddesswell1.wixsite.com forward slash home. Now back to the interview with Mirza Bej. I just have another question here because I noticed a few years ago, saw on the TV that there was a project in the States. It was probably in Texas. I don't know where, but the government was paying and tiring homeless people to do something like pick up trash or something that needs to be recycled. Do you think that's another way to end homelessness? See, that's definitely will help. By hiring people, it will put them in a normal routine or a normal thing. But again, we need to understand the homeless people currently are on drugs. Mm-hmm. And drug is a is a very strong medium which does not allow you to feel life the way you should be feeling in a normal capacity. So yes, picking up trash helps. It will definitely help. I am not against that. But I am of the viewpoint that give them house first. In Austin, Texas and in Finland, these are the two places where they have experimented by giving homeless people houses, housing first methodology. What was the result of all this was that they have noticed that the homeless people have reduced their alcohol and drug intake. A reduction in the intakes of these two things have further developed their brain and further helped them to come back to a normal life. This is what I want Canadian or BC government to do that, hey, give them a house, no matter how small, how big it is. Give them an address. Give them a respectable way to live their life. That is a very good start. Once we have that, then we can call the town anything. Once we have that town of 5,000 homeless people, then we can provide them mental health resources. They are free of cost. We can provide them Life Skill Academy there. All this plan is on my website. We will teach them marketing. We will teach them acting. We'll teach them drama, philosophy, whatever they want to learn. Vancouver is such a huge metropolitan city. We have people from all walks of life here. They can come and teach them once an hour, once a week, twice a week, something like this. Very soon, they will develop those skills. Then we will have that HR consultancy firm. We will place them on jobs on a reduced way. I understand nobody will pay them $100,000 a year to them, mm. but people might pay them $40,000 a year. That will be a good start. Now, what is happening? We have a town made here. Homeless people live here. They are administered themselves. They help each other. They have their skills taught to them. They have mental health given to them. Now they are finding jobs. Some people will start businesses. Some will start jobs. We will connect that town through a translink bus to the city. I don't see, and this all is so cheap to do. Here's one last question. So what is next? So now that you got through your predicament and now you've created this nonprofit organization, yeah. what's next? Right now, we have a big problem of funds. Mm-hmm. We are not going out and asking for donations. We are not doing fundraising events. Every activity which we are doing is coming out of my pocket only. But I don't mind that. I've, for a certain level, we can do that. We are looking for equity partners or project funders. We are in talks with people in different countries who might sponsor this project. My team is working on making a more detailed plan of this town. I have some architects in my team. They are working on a more detailed plan. We are designing this town. We are in a process of making a documentary on my life. 
this documentary can give us some funds which we can allocate towards our project. We don't have high hopes from government programs that they will fund us because what we are saying is if you have a business, we are taking away your target market. Why would you fund us to take your target market? If you take all the homeless people and put them in a town, then all these industry, all these organizations who are taking billions and billions of dollars, why the government will give them money? No one will give them money. They will not be able to take donations. They will not be able to take funds. They will not be able to take grants. We know that we will not get help or support from that industry. We have to do something on our own. And this is what we are doing. We are talking to equity partners all across the globe. We are making detailed level town plans. We are trying to create our own wealth by making a documentary, hoping that if we can make some millions from the documentary, we will allocate all that money towards this project. We are talking to a lot of people like you to further our message. We are working with some people within UBC to create a case competition to further refine the solution. We want the younger generation to participate in this and we want to use their intellect in further refining the solution and the methodology that we should employ to solve this problem. At this moment, we are working in five, six angles on this problem. There is a women empowerment event happening. We are sponsoring that event also. That's happening on 1st of October. We believe that God has given more compassion and empathy to women than men. If women are in decision-making roles, they might be able to solve this problem better than what men has done historically. These are our efforts we are doing. We are really hopeful that God help us in some way and we are able to deliver what we want to deliver. Let the West win.
sail to his new home And I have no pipe with me for one last smoke But I can see the southern star Please take me to where you are For the sadness inside floats away You just heard The Ring of Hope by the Bob Denegan Bards. This is the end of the show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Mirza Nabel Bege. I want to give a big thank you to Mirza Nabel Bege and his organization for sitting down with us today. If you want to know more about La Panache Homelessness and Elimination Society, go to their website, lapanache.ca. That's L-A-P-A-N-A-C-H-E dot C-A. We are going to return to all things pagan. If you want to, you can be the first to get exclusive access to the Music from the Goddess of Soul podcast by signing up for the newsletter at musicgoddessvault.substack.com. Or if you want to donate some money to support the show, you can do that through ko-fi.com forward slash goddess vault or patreon.com forward slash goddess vault. Other than that, if you have a suggestion for a song, show topic, spirit guide, or dream symbol, or you just want to like, share, or comment, you can do so at goddessvault1.wigsite.com forward slash home, the music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page, through TikTok at Midnight Star with 2Rs2, and on Instagram and Twitter at Goddess Vault. I am going to leave you with some Kellyanna, I Walk with the Goddess. Blessed be.
clouds, clouds up in the